Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages Florida podcast. In this show we talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs and interesting folks who live here in the villages, to give perspectives of what is happening here in the villages. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 a.m. We are a listener-supported podcast. You can become a supporter for as little as $3 per month, or you can choose to pay more. To become a supporter go to openforminthevillages.com and click on support in the black box. There will be shoutouts for supporters in episodes. In season 4, we have made some dramatic improvements and changes. First is a clarification of the podcast's title. It is Open Forum in the Villages Florida to make clear that this is a regional show, independently produced for folks who live in Central Florida and the Villages areas. Hope you enjoy. This is Mike Roth here today with John Case on Open Forum in the Villages. Thanks for joining us, John. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thank you. John, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background before you got here to the villages? My background involved being a electrical designer. An electrical designer is a guy that does the drawings and the field checking for electrical engineers, but I never went to college. Mm-hmm. So I could not be an engineer, but I could be a senior designer. So I, I did that as a profession for 42 years. I mm-hmm. uh, started right out of high school. During that time, I worked at quite a very varying group of companies because I did what was called job shopping, where I kind of went from factory to factory and company to company, and a agent paid me my salary, and they billed the clients. So that worked out for me really well. And in the last 20 years of my working, I was at Armstrong World Industries in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, my home. I retired from there in 2020. Good. And You came to the Villages in 2020. Yes. And what clubs or organizations are you involved with here in the Villages? The first toe dipping into this community was held back because of COVID. So we came down during COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife and I really, all we could do was go out for walks and bike rides, but we were living in the, we live in uh, the southern part of the Villages and the village of Marsh Bend, and they have a terrific three-mile walking and biking path called the Hogeye Sink. Uh, so that was really what we did for the, about the first six months. Then as things started to open up after COVID, restrictions were starting to get lifted. I joined a billiards club and played pool. Then I thought, well, this is fun, but I'm looking for something different, and I always wanted to do comedy. So I did a little searching through the rec news, and I found the group, The Village's Improv. Mm-hmm. And I contacted you with an email and started to quiz you about it. And you just welcomed me to, to check out the group and come to a meeting. And so that was the second organization that I joined, mm-hmm. uh, reg- to be a regular. Mm-hmm. And after that, we had got to know each other a little bit. And you wanted to start Sister Club, which would be a, a Friday night venue at the Bacall Rec Center that was becoming available. And you thought we could do something beyond improv, maybe with sketch comedy and st- and stand up and work, work in a little improv. And that became known as Boomer Humor. So we helped get that off the ground. So I became a member of Boomer Humor. And then I got into water volleyball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do a lot of water volleyball at some of the the sports pools that are south of 44. And probably finally, the last thing that happened was my wife and I decided to take golf lessons Mm -hmm. because we knew we were in such a strong golf community that it would be something that we could... And my wife had never golfed. Uh I had golfed in my 20s, but decided somewhere along the way that it wasn't for me anymore. So uh, we went and took some lessons and she is now golfing four times a week. 
Wow. <laughs> I, I might get out once a week if I'm lucky. So she's, and she's also gotten into uh, nature photography as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we've came to this community for just that kind of lifestyle where we wanted to stay active in retirement. And I, th- I think we certainly landed in the right place. Mm-hmm. And you were, you got involved a show from Casey Productions. To find Casey Productions advertising on Facebook for an open audition call for their fall 2023 musical, Grumpy Old Men, the musical. Mm-hmm. What part do you play in that? I play the part of Jacob Goldman. And that in the movie, Grumpy Old Men, Jacob Goldman was played by the actor Kevin Pollack. Mm-hmm. And he was Max Goldman's son. And Max Goldman was played by Walter Matthau. Mm-hmm. So I'm the part of Jacob. Mm-hmm. I'm the only lawyer in town. And I am trying to work with my widowed father, Max, to kind of get him to live a better life than he's been living. And of course, if you remember the movie plot, a beautiful redhead moves in across the street from him and his neighbor, John Gustafson. And that was the part that Jack Lemmon played. Mm-hmm. And then hilarity ensues, but but now with music. Okay. So do you get to sing any songs in the play? I get to sing four songs. Four songs. Good. Uh, and I get to do a featured duet with Dawn Denome, who is very popular here in the villages. She's a terrific singer and performer. Dawn is playing the part of Melanie. Mm-hmm. which was portrayed in the movie by Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. So we have a long, we've been neighbors our whole life. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved her from afar, but she wound up marrying the football captain and became the homecoming queen. And I was a schlub, and but now I'm a lawyer. and uh, But I, I have nobody in my life and she's ending her relationship with her husband. So uh, there's a little play there. As a, a little subplot. There's a subplot. Good. And it's uh, Jacob and Melanie trying to discover each other. Mm-hmm. And tell our listeners when the shows are going to be performed here in the villages. Grumpy Old Men, the musical, is going to be performed at the Savannah Center on October 25th, 26th, and 27th. And there'll be two shows daily. There'll be a 3 p.m. matinee and a 7 p.m. evening show. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And they can get their tickets through the Villages box office? Villages box office, uh, the physical locations. You can also go on villagesentertainment.com. And, and look for shows at the Savannah Center. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you'll see that Grumpy Old Men, the musical, will be listed there. Good. And I hope some people come out to see you. That would be terrific. I was told by our director that the October, the fall shows have always been a little difficult to sell out. Mm-hmm. But this is such a popular intellectual property that everybody our age is familiar with mm-hmm. and has probably seen it. That when you can go to a show that you have some understanding what the plot and the characters will be like, we're hoping that's going to be a big draw. Yeah, and and the name is a is a big draw just by itself. I I passed two grumpy old men on my way to your house here to your studio. Okay, I thought there were two grumpy old men here in the studio. <laughs> well, I have my days, and I'm yeah. sure you have yours. Yeah, yeah. I always like to put a little joke in for my uh, grandson Evan. So John, here it goes. How do you make an octopus laugh. How do you make an octopus laugh? That's right. How do you make an octopus laugh? With tentacles. Oh, okay, Evan, I hope you enjoyed that one. Okay. <laughs> John, you're also involved with the Improvisational Theater Club, as uh, which is also called the Village's Improv Club. Yes. As a featured player. I have been with that group for probably two years now, close to, I think. I was so happy to find it. And then I was even more happy to find out that I was probably pretty good at it. And I I enjoy it very much. Absolutely. One of the best. And we do have a couple of private shows coming up and as as well as public shows. We'll we'll talk about the private shows first. Those are with other clubs and they're looking for entertainment. 
Yes. And usually those are our shows. And in November, on November 7th, at the Azale Rec Center, we have a show which we're calling Mostly Improv 2023, which will have, like I said, mainly improv, but it will include a little bit of stand-up humor. It will include at least one, maybe two parody, song parodies. Yes. One by you, John. Yes. And hopefully the other one will be sung by uh, Wayne Richards. That's he's terrific. A, he's a composer. I, I don't know a, a lot about your listeners, Mike, but I know that some uh, more f- established villagers probably have not even been to the Azel Rec Center. Right. They may not even know where the Azel Rec Center is. And for their edification, it is south of 44 if you were to stay on Morse Boulevard. Morse Boulevard will go through a few roundabouts and become Megason Road. And the Azel Rec Center is off of that traffic circle. And if you have any familiarity with Sawgrass Grove, the entertainment and mm-hmm. shopping and restaurant A lot of people area, know that, yes. Yes. The Azel Rec Center shares a parking lot with Sawgrass. Right. So it's it's very easily, easily accessible. It's, one, it's probably the newest community rec centers. It's Terrific. I'd recommend people don't don't be hesitant just because it seems like it's so far south from where you might be. Come on down. Right. And we'll assure you you won't need a visa. What <laughs> you won't have to show your passport as you cross forty four. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we we in the south love the folks from the north because we wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. The tickets for the show at the Azale Rec Center are available now. The easiest way for people to get them is to go to the website, the villages improv.com and on the first page if you scroll down you'll find a link that'll take you to the ticketing site the azale rec center is smaller than rohan and therefore there will only be 224 seats in the room that's because of the design of the emergency exits and the space required we can't get as many tables and chairs in there but believe me folks not a bad seat in the house right there will only be i think six rows of tables so you're not going to be that far from the stage we have a good sound system with each actor mic'd with a head headset mic and it will be a lot of a lot of fun in a 90 minute show packed with at least 20 different Acts. The the previous shows at the rec centers that I've seen and read about have gotten terrific reviews from people that are, have been there. There's a lot of online comments from folks that enjoyed the show and wish they'd have brought more family or friends with and want to come back for the next one. So that we've gotten really good community feedback for, yeah. for what gets put on. And we have more than a couple of people who've purchased more than eight tickets. <laughs> I would say so. And also, interestingly, Mike, I, I think that you've had people come to those shows and then wind up coming to the meetings and wanting to become part of the community. Of that. We've had a couple of people go to a show, see a show, and come into the into the club to participate. And on a going forward basis, in February, uh, on Saturday, February third, we have a a show, a large show in a in Lake Miona Auditorium for a private club here mm-hmm. in the villages. Yep. And then on the next day, Sunday. February 4th, we're going to do a show at Rohan for the general public. Yes. Tickets for that will go on sale, I'm going to say approximately November 8th. And all of the cast members in the improv group are excited for these shows because we meet four times a month at the Rohan Rec Center and we find that we can work through some bugs, we can get in front of each other and try to make each other laugh and try to be accurate and sharp with what an improv actor needs to do. But being on the live stage with an audience is the payoff for that. So the more we're able to perform in front of a crowd, the happier we are as improvers. Mm -hmm. And beginners are always welcome. 
Yes. Okay, you learn the foundational rules of improv, and then you learn by doing. We are the original improv club here in the Villages. Now, John, you had never been on stage before you got here to the Villages. That is correct. Did you have any problems with stage fright? Absolutely not. How did you deal with it? I'm the youngest of three children. Oh, so you're the one who likes to have the most fun. I'm the one that had to carve my stage time out of two older siblings, mm-hmm. two older sisters. And I think your your birth order sometimes has a huge effect on your personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. And I think the youngest of a three or four or five sibling family is, is the last in line. Mm-hmm. And something kicks in that tells you you're the last in line and that's not a good spot to be in. So I found that I was the entertainer in my family that would get the laughs mm-hmm. even at uh, family functions or if I could make my mom laugh, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my sisters to laugh till much later in life. Because <laughs> yeah, I was the annoying little brother. I admit that. But I remember in elementary school, it was I was probably in fourth grade, so I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. We did a spring concert mm-hmm. where because everybody learns to play instruments when you're in fourth grade. And at the end of the spring concert, one of the teachers had an idea that someone would dance across the stage and drop their pants. And on boxer shorts that they were wearing under the pants would be in big letters, the end. <laughs> and they would bend over to the audience and that would close the show. And uh, the music. What a, what a great idea for improv. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The music teacher immediately looked at me and pointed and said, John Case, you could do this. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I can. And I did. And I got the biggest laugh of, or pop from the audience. And that stuck. That just stuck. And I think a lot of people that enjoy performing on stage have similar stories that you get that first reaction and it's a drug. So I've never ever had a problem with public speaking, being in front of an audience, being in front of a crowd, talking to strangers. Uh, and then I've worked in the engineering business for 42 years. So I was the the exception mm-hmm. and not the rule. And I know whether it was a job interview or a project meeting or whatever, my personality helped me advance through that career because there was such a dearth of that type of person that didn't want to speak. Right. And people enjoyed having that, whether it was if you were a team member or even if I'd go on a job interview, I would be the two or three people that were in there before me were probably dry and Mm -hmm. quiet and Mm -hmm. reserved. And I came in, I didn't set myself on fire, but I came in and, you know, I brought, I made somebody laugh or made them smile or I said a nice compliment that they enjoyed. And that's, that's always kind of been my personality. So okay. being on stage here in the villages felt like home. Okay. It, it felt like this is something that I'd been looking for. Good, good. And John has come up with the perfect ending for the show. <laughs> It's got to be somebody other than me, though. (laughs) I I, I know just the person in the cast who would love to do that. If you're thinking who I'm thinking of, yes, he would be uh, thrilled. (laughs) Okay. And if if you've heard this recording and you come to the show, make sure you come over and congratulate the fellow who ends the show (laughs) at the end. And honestly, the key to the whole bit is you've got to have baggy enough trousers Mm -hmm. that will stay on while you're walking. But when you bend over, we'll kind of slide down. So there's science involved. Yeah. This is Mike Roth with Dr. Craig Curtis for today's Alzheimer's tip. Dr. Curtis, tell us about genetics and how important it is. Thank you, Mike. So we know that approximately 60 to 70% of all cases of Alzheimer's disease do have a genetic link. And yes, Alzheimer's disease does run in families. So if you have a loved one or a family member generally what we call a first-degree relative, that have had Alzheimer's disease, your risk 
is increased. And we'd like you to see your doctor and discuss the topic, discuss Alzheimer's disease, as it's always important to catch symptoms early. With over 20 years of experience studying brain health, Dr. Curtis's goal is to educate the village's community on how to live a longer, healthier life. To learn more, visit his website, craigcurtismd.com or call 352-500-5252 to attend a free seminar. Uh, John, you've also written several song parodies for us at the Improvisational Theater Club. Yes, I have. I was actually thinking if we ever get enough of them, we can turn them into a, an album. We're up to, I think, five or six, if you count the one that Norma Robinson's husband had originally written and mm -hmm. I helped tweak for a show. Yeah, it was something like, it started with Stop in the Name of Love. That's exactly it. And that was the first parody song that I've been involved with, with The Village's Improv. But we're probably up to five or six since then. Good. And we'll have to do some new recordings of those. It's, again, Mike, it's something that I think I would trace that back to Mad Magazine and a book that was something about songs or poems where one of their writers rewritten had rewritten uh, standard songs or pop mm -hmm. songs from the 60s and 70s with lyrics that were parodies. It's almost, it's certainly like Weird Al Yankovic. It's, mm -hmm. it's in that lane. Right. But nobody is as good as Weird Al, except uh, I know he looked, always looked up to Spike Jones, but that was before my time. However, I, this stuff just pours out of me. I really enjoy doing it. I enjoy finding a song that fits. You would give me a, you would say, okay, we're performing for the Texas Club. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a song parody to do for the Texas Club? And the first thing I thought of was the Yellow Rose of Texas. Mm -hmm. That would, what, what they would probably stand up and cover, the, put their hand over their hearts if I started singing that. But I turned it into a song about a golf cart <laughs> and they really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, it was pretty clever and I liked it. And I think everybody did like it. So yeah. you, you give me a little bit of an idea, a kernel to start with, and I usually can pick it up and run with it there. Yes. We, and you have a funny song for November 7th. We do. We do. We had talked. I think about knowing what time of year it was that there would be people returning to the villages from their summer homes. Mm -hmm. And those people are lovingly referred to as snowbirds, where they, uh, as soon as the snow is on or coming on the ground up north, they'll be back here in the villages. And mm -hmm. then when spring comes, they return to their summer and spring homes and stay there for a few months. But we notice that when the community tends to grow in size, some uh, we are imposed upon like we aren't during the summer, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a long line in the publics to get your groceries or to get gas, or if you're trying to get through a traffic circle and a snowbird kind of got down here and forgot what the rules were. And we thought that might be a good jumping off point for a song. And then as it turns out, for folks of my age and your age, sure you remember the Ann Murray hit, Snowbird. Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, that's just, that's got to be it. It's a natural. Yeah. So I, th I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And uh, Wayne Richards is promising us a song. In this particular show on the November 7th, this will be the first time that we have a keyboard accompanist playing along with us for the improv scenes and possibly some of the more scripted scenes. And that's terrific. I think everybody who has watched Whose Line Is It Anyway on television has seen the keyboard player Laura Hall and mm -hmm. some other folks that have filled that role. And that really can help improv, set a mood, carry a scene, and be all part of the comedy that is to get the audience involved. So right. I, that's terrific that Wayne's available to do that for yeah. us. This spring, a fellow named Bob Baker from St. Louis came into the villages and he had 15 years of improv experience and played the guitar. And he convinced me to let us, to, to let the group be led by him in some, some musical improvisations. Yes. And 
it was okay. And then later in the in the year, I found out about something called the Sarasota Annual Improv Festival. That was in the, at the end of July, and uh, Margaret Barton, myself, and three or four other improvers from the group went down there. It, it was really the, the show. They had four theaters, and they did shows from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to about 11 o'clock. Yes. And on Saturday afternoon, actually all day of Saturday, they had improvisational workshops. Uh, most of the improv they did there was long-form improv, where the show went on for roughly 60 minutes. That's that's pretty challenging. But the innovation that I saw there was almost all the shows had a keyboard accompanist, and the accompanist really moved the scenes along, kept the show going. And there, the, there were a lot of players who could sing, and they sung lines. So it, it was uh, a festival that I'm going to go back to, and I recommend to everyone of the villages. But uh, I'll share a little bit of a preview, because some of the villages on the north side of the villages may say, wow, going all the way down to the theater, Izell is a long way away. Well, come down to Izell, enjoy the show, and then we, we're going to have a major announcement about a new performance venue on 441 in the north side of the villages. You, ha- you have my attention. I'm intrigued. Yes, we're going to an- announce it to our members tomorrow, but it's a, a brand new venue. Uh, the, there'll be about 80, only 80 seats in it, and we're going to do a couple of performances, and we may even get to the point where we can do one performance there every six weeks. That's That sounds really exciting, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I stopped by today, but now i got to wait a day to find out. <laughs> That's a tease. The venue for the evening show, which will start about – 6.30. The patrons will pay $20 for dinner and two drinks. They could be carbonated beverages or they could be alcoholic beverages. All right. I, I, I see that we've caught the attention of even more listeners now. Yes. Yes. And for $25 you get per person, you get three drinks, which I would call a well-lubricated audience. And improv tends to go over better with a lubricated audience. Right. That's that's a great point to bring up, again, for the folks that are thinking about buying tickets for November 7th. Uh, it is BYOB. It is BYOB. Bring your own snacks. And for the shows that we do in villages, uh, venues, as a lifestyle club, these are shows that you could bring to your grandchildren too. We don't say terribly naughty words. Yes, we have the ability to read the room and make sure that our material is appropriate for our audience. Now, in this venue on 441, there will be no children and there will be no restrictions on what we say. So it could be a heck of a lot funnier show. I, I know, folks, you can't hear a twinkle in my eye, but I certainly have a twinkle in my eye with this news. This is exciting. Yes, the, the improv is going to move to it to the next level. John, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we sign off on this show? Well, I would just appeal to the community to remember that we are here to live the next phase of our life. And if if laughing is as good for longevity as we are told by even medical experts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are generating some comedy. We're gener- generating comedy on a bunch of different stages. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a musical comedy that I'll be involved in, again, that's October 25th, 26th, and 27th, Grumpy Old Men the Musical, and that will be at the Savannah Center. Or if it's an improv show on November 7th at the Azell Rec Center. Or if it's future shows that might become available with a new venue that we're hearing about. Or if you have a club and your club is looking for maybe some monthly entertainment, uh, a 45-minute set of, you know, we can 
uh, bring our improv group with just a few cast members and be very comfortable in a smaller rec room. Yeah, the, the, the venue up in on 441 will probably have a maximum cast of six. Yes. Okay. And it's a small stage, so it'll be an intimate show with only 80 people in the room. Yes. But it's going to be a fun show. Sure. And, and just to the villagers, again, we know we are a community that loves live music, live entertainment. And what Mike is talking about and what I've talked about today is that putting an exclamation on live entertainment. You can go out and you can dance and you can sing along to the music, but you can also come out, enjoy a great live show of comedy. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to make everyone's face muscles hurt because they smiled and laughed so much. Laugh till it hurts, folks. Okay. Thanks, John. It was my pleasure, Mike. Thank you for having me. Remember, our next episode will be released next Friday at 9 a.m. Should you want to become a major supporter of the show or have questions, please contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. This is a shout out for supporters, Greg Pangian, Tweet Coleman, Dan Capellan, Ed Williams, Alvin Stenzel, and major supporter Dr. Craig Curtis at K2 in the Villages. We will be hearing more from Dr. Curtis with short Alzheimer's tips each week. If you know someone who should be on the show, contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. We thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyrighted by Rothvoice 2023. All rights reserved.